Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. All right. Good morning, everybody. How y'all doing this morning? Come on. Less sleep. It's awesome. And after a year of having twins, my wife and I didn't even notice. We're good to go. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to roll. So listen, I'm excited to preach today. If you don't know me, my name is Matt. Welcome if it's your first or second or whatever time here. Uh, we have a welcome box for you right around the corner after service. Thank you for being here. We have coffee and we have more donuts, right? We have more donuts. We have more donuts. I'm getting the confirmation. So make sure you hang out. We'd love to spend all the time with you afterwards. It's great. Great to have you today. Uh, we are excited for this season. We're like five weeks away, six weeks away from Easter. Which is weird. Like here comes spring. I don't know where the year's going. Everyone was sick in January, and now here we are. And like, let's let's go at this thing. So uh, today I am teaching and preaching on contentment. You picked a very good Sunday to come. I think this really last week was envy, jealousy. This week and contentment. Uh, I think it's just a very relevant message for all of our lives and our hearts uh, and where we're at. Uh, by nature, I just want to kind of uh, remind of us of all of this. By nature, we as human beings are not very good at being content, are we, right? This seems to start at a very, very young age. Actually, let me, let me prove it to you. This is my son eating spaghetti, okay? This is my son, Mavi, eating spaghetti. He is not content with a bite. It is going into his mouth by the fist full, okay? And it looks like a murder scene, doesn't it? I mean, it's just, and, and, and he will not stop eating, until you stop feeding him, okay? You just have to, to cut the supply off on him. He is, he is not content. My, my, my daughter, Juliana, will just pick one little thing at a time, and he's, he'll, he'll shove it here. Uh, here's a picture of the two twins together here. Aren't they cute? We're at Disney. We're having fun. Um, and, and everything is good until his sister got something that he wanted. And he's no longer content, right? He's going to steal that thing. Watching them play together is, is quite funny. One will have one toy. One will have the other toy. It will all be fun until they realize the other one, the toy they have, and then they want both toys, right? And then they will steal uh, from each other. There is a show called Dora the Explorer. Anyone seen it? And all my parents have seen Dora the Explorer, right? In the thing, there's this, like, this little animal, and he swipes things. And they say, swiper, no swiping. And so we're always telling our kids, swiper, no swiping. And they just swipe things back and forth. They're just not content in the moment. Uh, here's, here's my, I'm picking on my kids today. Uh, here's my son, Zeeland, and uh, he just turned five. He's a grown man now. Uh, I'm going to take him to a monster truck show after this. He's, he's really into monster truck, monster trucks and dinosaurs right now. And so uh, we're going to go see that. And so after his party, he had, I don't know, maybe a dozen presents, you know, all together. And, and uh, these kids made out like bandits at Christmas, right? Like parents, grandparents, they're loaded at Christmas. And so he, he got a dozen presents. And so uh, he had a great time, had a lot of fun, ate cake, open presents. And as I'm putting him to bed that night, he was kind of sad. I was like, buddy, you look a little down. What's wrong? And he said, Daddy, I honestly thought you were going to buy me more presents. You know? <laughs> and, I, and I had to laugh. And I was like, what is it inside of us as human beings? We just, we are just not content. And we laugh at my son, Zeeland, but if those bags were full of $100 bills, we'd see how content you were, right? Come on. So, and, and so we just, we're not good at it. It doesn't come natural for us. Philippians chapter 4, I would like to start and, and read this. It says, not that I am speaking of being in need, Paul says, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be Content. He said, I have, I have learned. 
I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. That, that word in, in the Greek is austarkis, right? And it, it, no one knows that, right? You're like, well, that's a hard one to say. But it means sufficient for oneself, strong enough, possessing enough, no need of aid or support, independent of external circumstances. Paul is saying, I have learned to be strong in Christ. I'm strong enough. I'm possessing enough in Christ, and in Christ I am free from external circumstances. I have learned it does not come natural for us as human beings. I am a three on the Enneagram. Anyone familiar with the Enneagram? You've, have you done your Enneagram? Do you know what type you are? I, 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 know, Sheena, I know Sheena would have. So what, what are you? What's your type? You've got to be a three or eight or something. Yeah, she just said it to you again? All right. So, yeah, you got to be something like that. She's like a, a major go-getter. Uh, but, but if you've not done the Enneagram, man, I would encourage you to. It's one of those personality tests. And, man, I am a classic three. Okay, and I'm going to explain to you what, what a three is here. We're a little crazy. It's, it's really hard to be content as a, a three. And here, here's why. Let me just read to you a little bit about this personality. Threes are likely to value achievement and want to be the best. See, when a three plays a game, a three wants to win the game or they don't want to play at all. It's just, this is just a three personality. As a result, efficiency, results, recognition, and image are very important. They strive for success in their chosen field and tend to be highly flexible, willing to adapt to achieve their goals. At their best, others will experience threes as hardworking, principled, receptive, offering gifts of hope and integrity to the world. In an unhealthy state, threes' overexpressed need for achievement seems self-important and inconsistent, right? Threes, this is how threes talk to themselves, okay? The world values winners. I must succeed at all costs. I must avoid failure. I am what I do to earn my place. I must be the best at what I do. This is me in my brokenness, okay? In my state of brokenness as a three, being content almost feels lazy for my personality. It almost feels irresponsible. For some of you, that might make sense, and others of you are like, you are crazy. You need help, Pastor. Like, like, and so we all have a brokenness, and for me, contentment is really challenging. In fact, I feel like I've had to counter over the years my self-talk and learn to say things like this. In Jesus, I am successful enough. In Jesus, I am famous enough. In Jesus, I am followed enough. In Jesus, I am talented enough. In Jesus, I am loved enough. And I don't know what your enough statement needs to be, but contentment is, in Jesus, I am whatever enough. Contentment is not the fulfillment of what you want. Rather, it is the realization of how much you already have. How much you already have. I, I am worthy because of who I belong to. I'm not worthy because of my work. See, some of us, we've learned to get our identity from our work. And it happens very natural, doesn't it? Because when you meet somebody, you're like, hey, I'm Matt, what's your name? And what's the next question? What do you do? What do you do? Tell me how valuable you are, right? What, what do you do? What, what are you about, right? And, and it's very easy in our culture to start thinking that value comes from work alone and that my work defines my identity, right? And so this morning, I think a powerful question for us is, are you working for your worth this morning or are you working from your worth this morning? One will leave you exhausted. I think one will, will leave you quite uh, engaged and free in life. One of our good friends, she's a pastor with her husband in North Miami, and uh, when she was in the second grade, her teacher said, you are the dumbest girl I've ever taught. 
It's incredibly shocking. And can you imagine hearing that as a second grader? And so she's, and she's a pastor's wife and brilliant and wonderful. And, man, they're running a great church. And, and she said, for years I worked to get rid of those words. I wonder this morning, are some of us working so hard today because of what that coach said, what that parent said, what that ex said? Isn't it, isn't it amazing when someone tries to take the identity away from us, how the, the default is I have to work my way back to worth. My children today are worth everything, not because they're going to get smarter in two years, not because they're going to get richer, not because they're going to get older. How many of you know, we know this, but we forget this, you can't work hard this next year for God to love you more. There's no more value that you can get attached to by getting the A plus or getting the raise or working 10 extra hours. You are already priceless to God. Right, My kids can't work harder. If, if, if Audrey gets an A or a B, I love her the same. The value is set. If you've ever questioned if you're valuable to God or not, let's just try to think of a few things. Well, first of all, God created you. right? The Bible says when he did, he said this is very good. God makes no mistakes. There, there's nothing about you in your core in that Imago day, that image of God, that God made a mistake. He made you and said this is very good. You're very good. And then God sent Jesus for you, to die for you. God emptied heaven's bank account for you, right? I mean, God had a lot of angels and a lot of stars and a lot of gold, but he only had one son, and he depleted heaven's reserve for you. And then God sent his spirit to live on the inside of you. It's, it's, the Bible says it's an inheritance of what's to come so that we could be with him forever and ever to be inside. You are valuable right now to God. You can be content today, not because of what you do, but who you belong to. Isn't that interesting? I'm working for my worth or I'm living from my worth this morning. Some of us, contentment I think is hard. Uh, so if you're like a three like me or you're a goal setter, you're an achiever, the, the temptation is I'm working for worth, I'm working for worth, I, I am what I do, and I have to come back to a place of contentment. I think others of us, um, it's, it's hard to be content because we see what other people have. We, we, we see what other, what other people have. Exodus 4.4 says, And I saw that all toil and all achievement spring from one person's envy of another. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. That all envy is one person seeing what another has. Isn't that interesting? We call this keeping up with the Joneses, right? Exodus 23, 29, and 30 says this. I think this is quite interesting. So I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you've increased enough to take possession of the land. The, that when the children of Israel inherited land, God said, I got to give it to you little by little because if I gave it to you all at once, it would overwhelm you. I think one of the greatest disservices we could do as Christians is, is, is really compare my process to someone else's promise. When I see what someone else has and how they're doing and their relationship or their family or their income or, or uh, their business or whatever is going great for them, when I compare my process to their promise, I do myself and my faith a disservice because I'm not considering could God be giving it to me little by little so we can contain the blessing. 
As God is working on your business, God is working on you. As he's developing the things around you, he's developing you. Why? Because your, your talent can definitely get you there. But come on, guys, we know that only your character can keep you there. If God bless you past your character, you'll get it for a moment, but you won't be able to hold it. Because only your character can keep you in a place that God is wanting to bring you and bless you to. Which has been a very frustrating thing, right? It's very easy. And I talked last week. I was like, there was a guy that I was jealous of, and it was like years in the making, and it was hard to get out. You know, and I saw his promise, and I'm comparing it to my process, and I'm doing my soul a disservice. This morning, I wonder, who are you comparing someone's promise to your process? Wouldn't it be better to come back and embrace your process and realize God's giving me the land little by little. He's working around me, and he's working on me to bless me. He does love me. He is for me. He's not trying to withhold good things from me, but he's got to make sure I'm developed to get to the thing. If we're honest, I think most of us barely have the character to hold what we have right now, regardless of what God wants to give us. Say amen to that. Ouch. You know, like, we, we, God is working. He's working on us. I want to trust the pace of my blessing. There, there's grace for my marathon, and there's grace for my pace. What's the pace? God is trying to give this thing to me. I think if we get in the habit of chasing and envy, we are going to live a very exhausted life. I think this is why Solomon, the wisest man on earth, said, he goes, this is chasing after the wind. If all you do is chase after what other people have, you're going to live a very exhausted life. In fact, I think it's very hard to really be successful at what God's called you to do when you're always trying to chase what other people have. It's very hard to just sit down and hear from the Holy Spirit, what, it, what are you called me to do? What do you want me to be after? Because my attention is always chasing, 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 and I, and I can live quite depleted, quite exhausted, right? And I, I, don't, I don't want that. The Bible says in Psalms 127, God wants his beloved to get proper rest. If I'm always chasing and I'm always envious, I'm never resting. Never resting in who I am, where I'm at, what I'm called to be, what's my process, how could God might be giving me the land little by little, because I'm always, I'm always chasing, right? Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. I have everything I need. Has God ever made you rest? Has God ever put you like down flat out for a moment to cause you to rest? I wonder if some of our souls this morning aren't resting because we're chasing and we're seeing what others have and we can't figure out how to get it for ourselves. I wonder what your process is, but it's not comparing. It's, it's not running after them. There's a story of an old Quaker, and, and Quakers were kind of like old school minimalists. You guys probably only know Quakers from Quaker Oatmeal, right? But they were kind of a, a group of believers, and they lived a pretty minimalist lifestyle. And, and it, this story goes that this Quaker was watching his new neighbor move in, and the new neighbor moved in with all these fancy appliances, right? Like, and, and these pictures and sofas and all these things back in the day that were like, whoa, that's, you know, you're living a, a really quality life, I guess. And the Quaker shouted at the neighbor, and he says, neighbor, if you've realized you've forgotten anything at all, Call me, and I'll tell you how to live without it. And I thought, wow, there's actually some power in that. When I can set my soul free from envy and always chasing what I don't have, I can begin to see what I, what I do have. You know, and this whole thing, honestly, this whole thing's all about Jesus anyway, isn't it? 
Like, I, we forget that so easy. I think it's so easy to slip into that, that little rut. But it's like, I mean, the, the, the family that God has entrusted to me, that's all about Jesus anyway. The influence that God has entrusted me with, that's all about Jesus anyway. The money that God has entrusted is all about Jesus anyway, isn't it, right? Like, it's all about Him anyway. I don't have anything on my own. And so, God, if you've given me all that I need, let me be content in my season with that. Sometimes the last 20 years I've been really good about that, and sometimes I haven't. Like I said, I default to the three, right? I, I get content, and I'm like, oh, I'm being lazy. Let's get good. And I'm like, whoa, is my soul free? I just wonder this morning, is your soul free? Do you, do you have, can your soul say, I have everything I need? I, I've got everything I need. I, I think close to comparing and running around other people is, is a cousin, and that would be materialism. In Luke 12, Jesus simply says, watch out for greed. Why would he say watch out for greed if it wasn't an easy thing to fall into? Right? Just, just watch out. Watch out for greed, Jesus is saying. Proverbs 23 says, do not wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to restrain yourself. When you glance at wealth, it disappears. For it makes wings for itself and flies like an eagle to the sky. You ever, you ever been like, where would all my money go? Some of you, you already blew through your tax return, man. You're like, you know, like, where did my money go? It got wings and flew away. What happened? What, what happened? You know, where did, where did it go? I think this is one reason for me uh, is my conviction. I think this is why tithing is so important. My, my tithe, it, you know, it, my tithe doesn't save me, but it does keep me from my greed. Right? Jesus saves me. We all know that. This is nothing about works. But, but, but my tithe moves me from my greed toward generosity. My tithe gives me the heart of God. It, it, it really convicts me and puts me in a place where I'm putting God's house before my house, right? I'm meeting his needs before my needs. I'm living with a healthy perspective that my money isn't all about me, right? That it's about others and it goes, it goes to people, you know? And I think it's a very healthy way to live as believers because you'll, you'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse, will you? Like, like in the end, you, you'll never see a hearse trailing a U-Haul because you can't take anything with you in the end. And Jesus said something so profound, right? He said, he goes, it doesn't do any good to gain the whole world and lose your, your soul. And I don't think that God minds if we have money. Not at all. I just think he minds it when money has us. I don't think that God minds if we have stuff. I don't care if you have a lot of stuff. I just think he minds it when stuff has you, right? And that's why generosity is so important to develop. No one is wealthier than God. No one is more generous than God. So I'm just trying to be like my father. I'm trying to develop my father's heart, and, and I want this to be about people. I don't want it to just be about stuff. And, and, and we, it's good. We just forget about this in our day-to-day -day race, right? I mean, what are the two great commandments? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. I've counseled a few people at the end of their life. You know what's amazing? They've never asked for their flat screen TV. They, they never asked for their fancy car. They, they never asked for that, that bigger home. What are they talking about? People. They're talking about people. The people that, that I had a great relationship with and I miss and the, and the times that things broke down and I'm, it's still hurting me. They're not talking about stuff. They're talking about people. I think it's so easy to forget in our context that this life, I'm on the earth right now to what? Love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm here to learn 
how to love, not just get stuff. I'm here to love God and learn how to love God, and then I'm here to learn how to love people. And I can't learn how to love God and learn how to love people if my mind is always on stuff. Often when God blesses us, we increase our quality of living and not our standard of giving. One of the guys that leads in our network, he really challenged me. He's giving now 24% of his income away. He's making more money than he's ever had before, but he's giving away 24% of his income. And I'm not saying you have to do that. Don't, don't miss my heart this morning. It just convicted me. I'm not talking about you this morning or what you should do. That's what the Holy Spirit told him to do. God doesn't tell everybody to do that, and that's fine. But it convicted me, and I thought, wow, I've never heard anybody do that before. I just stop at 10%, and that's it. Why would I limit God? And then, and then what my flesh is like, oh, I ain't giving 11%. You know, like, isn't it funny how you feel your flesh, like, right? Like, you could fight 1%, 5%, 4%, whatever it is. It, it's just our flesh, because what, what is it? It's scarcity. Then I won't have enough money for me, but what am I not doing? I'm not trusting who Jesus is. You see, when I look at other people and I'm like, oh, they got all those things, I'm behind, I gotta run faster. What am I not doing? I'm not trusting Jesus to meet my needs. And if I'm working for my identity and I'm like, oh my God, I gotta work harder so people see that I'm awesome and I'm good and I got life together and, and then everybody's like, yay, and I've worked my way there, what am I not doing? I'm not trusting Jesus for my worth and, and my value. And if I get my identity from stuff, what am I not doing? I'm not trusting Jesus. At the core of contentment is trust in Jesus. God, I'm enough. I got enough stuff. I'm followed enough. Enough people listen to me. They love me enough. I'm enough because of Jesus. And if your soul isn't quite there this morning, can I bring you back to Jesus? And can I bring you back to the cross? Can I bring you back to the resurrection? And can I help you see that you are enough right now? Regardless of how much money is in your bank account, whether you drive a Mercedes or a Camry, it's enough. Okay, if it's a one-bedroom or a three-bedroom, it's enough. You got enough friends. You got enough followers. You a little crazy anyway. We don't need nobody else listening to you. It's okay. It's enough. You're loved enough this morning because of Jesus. It's enough. Amen. Can I pray for you this morning? Heavenly Father, we love you. And Lord, I think we all need to be reminded we're enough in Jesus. God, that I can be content because of the call on my life. That they can be content because, Lord, you've called them loved and accepted and they belong in the body of Christ, and you're for them. You're not against them, God, and you're moving things for them right now. But, Lord, can we just say from our hearts this morning, it's enough what you've done on the cross. In fact, Jesus, if you don't do anything else for us the rest of our lives, you've already done too much. You are better to us than we deserve. You love us way beyond anything we could ask, hope, think, or imagine, and your sacrifice will always be enough. And so, Father, as you give us the land little by little, as you grow their business, as you grow their influence, as you grow their families and relationships, may they just do it from identity and not for identity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, if you got something out of that, just praise God and say thank you. And let's get back to enough. I'm content in what Christ has done in my life. 
Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing week.